Enthusiasm for the flexibility and innovation of CTV was on display at the Video News Connected TV Ad Summit this week, but challenges including measurement, attribution and experience remain. Listen on to find out more. Welcome to this week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and that was Colin Dixon from Inscreen Media at the beginning. Hi, Colin. How's everything going? It's going great, Will. Uh, we had a great time at the conference, your conference, of the last couple of days, uh, which is going to be the main topic of our session today. Right? We're gonna we're gonna talk about top takeaways. Top takeaways. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that, and uh, actually this is directly related to the conference, um, I just want to let our, our audience know that I just released a new white paper sponsored by BitCentral. It's called O&O is Not Enough, Hybrid Business Models and Multi-Partner Distribution. And I take a look at the general trend that we're seeing in the market here where People are really beginning to move away now from individuals to single monetization models and sing, single distribution parts. And they're really beginning to embrace multi-distribution and multi-monetization multi, uh, models. And so uh, anyway, that's, that's a free white paper from my site. So stop by and just come under the research tab and look for that. Uh, O&O is not enough. That's great, Colin. It sounds like an interesting paper. I'll be sure to take a look at that. Great. So let's get going, Will. What did you see here and what, what are some of the things that stood out yeah. for you at the conference? Yeah, so um, f- you know, first to recap, we're recording here on Thursday afternoon. Uh, yesterday afternoon and Tuesday afternoon were Video News' Connected TV Advertising Summit virtual. And we had over 35 speakers on eight different sessions. Uh, really, really pleased with how things went. A lot of great learning. Um, all the sessions will be available on demand on the Video News website early next week. I'll be posting them. But for today, as you said, uh, I think we want to just talk about some of the key takeaways, including from your session that you moderated on FAST and AVOD. And I'll just offer a few observations to, to get us started. And um, you know, the big thing here in connected TV advertising is that CTVs have become so ubiquitous in uh, U.S. homes. So uh, Bruce Leishman set the stage for the conference with some recent data of his, noting that 87% of U.S. homes now have a connected TV. Uh, almost 40% of them have five or more CTV devices. 46% watch CTV on a daily basis. Um, and that really, I think, dovetailed well with a lot of what I heard from speakers across um, all the different sessions is that a lot of enthusiasm for connected TV and um, with the proliferation of ad supported services, there's now a, um, you know, kind of a new appreciation among consumers that they can get high quality streaming, not just in subscription or paid only models. So, um, so that's creating obviously a you know huge audience, and um, we heard actually about the positive benefits of CTV, uh, including the optionality about for advertisers about how to buy CTV. So it can be programmatic, it can be direct, private marketplaces, guaranteed, some combination of all of these. 
Uh, Ashley Arena, who's at P uh, the agency PhD, noted that CTV offers lots of flexibility and it's dynamic how to spend in CTV, so it allows advertisers uh, to really squeeze the most out of their budgets. So, um, so that was, I think, um, you know, an overall theme from the conference was the general enthusiasm for CTV. Uh, also, we heard from a number of panelists, including Christo Owen at Paramount and Dave Pajunas at AMC Networks, about their excitement about hybrid services. And I think, again, this dovetails with your white paper, uh, the idea that you can have, um, as a content provider, a uh, combination of free ad-supported services and also um, paid subscription services. And the free services help to drive scale, which of course is very important to advertisers, um, but they also drive uh, subscribers to the uh, paid service. So Christo and Dave um, both highlighted uh, those points. And, you know, I think we've seen that trend in the market as well. Yeah, yeah. And this enthusiasm for CTV, you know, it, it really starts with the consumer. And I, one of the things that really uh, interested me about Bruce's data, Will, was that, that you know, there's basically a quarter, more than, well, 30% almost of adults now are watching CTV on a daily daily basis. So they're streaming pretty much every day. And so it's just become a part of their normal watching. So that was one of the things that really stood out to me. And another thing that I really, <laughs> that really popped up on my panel several times was just that CTV seems to provide a really good value proposition for advertisers and consumers now. This is uh, one of the things that uh, Tejas Shah, who's the SVP of Commercial Strategy and Analytics at FilmRise made. I, I sort of asked at the beginning how, how the panelists thought CTV was doing. And he said that he thought that CTV was providing a really strong value proposition versus linear TV. That, you know, the lower ad loads, the flexibility of the um, model, the ad innovation that we're seeing in that market really was a great differentiator for CTV and was I think that's one of the reasons why it's driving so many people to to watch. So that was that was one of the things that definitely stood out to me and uh, as you say flexibility was a really really big theme both on my panel and uh, and the rest of the conference as you say. Right. I'm glad you mentioned innovation because that was a consistent theme throughout the conference as well. Um, just the enormous amount of uh, technology investment and innovation that's happening in CTV, leveraging a lot of what has happened in digital advertising over the years. So um, CTV is benefiting from that. And uh, I'll also say that a major theme throughout the conference was the uh, excitement around the data that CTV viewing produces for advertisers um, and also the related topic of measurement. So uh, a number of panelists talked about how the data allows them to get much more granular and more targeted in both their ads and their content. And um, we had a great session focused specifically on measurement uh, that John Watts led with Innovid, AT&T, NBC Universal, and Publicis. And Brian West from uh, NBCU noted that more data equals more opportunity. 
and that there are now these multiple data sets from ad servers, from ACR, from other data sets uh, that provide a lot of insight as to how viewers are watching TV um, and also how advertisers can take advantage of that. And a different session, Jen Sock from Group M noted that with CTV's data, it offers strong incrementality to linear TV buying. And that is a huge advantage as well. Having said that, lack of unified measurement was a topic that came up repeatedly. And there were a number of panelists who called that out as creating friction in the market. Um, the fact that it's not easy, especially for traditional TV buyers, to be able to make sense of exactly how to buy CTV. And this question of whether there should be a single currency like we've had with Nielsen in CTV um, came up uh, multiple times as well. And there was, I think, kind of a split opinion. There were some that liked the idea of a single currency to reduce friction and complexity, um, but there were others who really welcomed the idea that there would be multiple ways to measure and value connected TV, uh, connected TV viewership and that there could be multiple currencies with advertisers able to really use their own metrics, what's valuable for them, to really quantify what the uh, value of those CTV ad campaigns uh, was. So, so you know, again, it's, it's still relatively early days for connected TV and connected TV advertising. And this idea of a um, unified currency or unified measurement is still very much in flux. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that was, again, something that was echoed in, in my panel for sure. There was a lot of discussion about how data from various data pools will are really coming together now uh, to create a pretty unique picture of the of the user. So um, I think it was uh, Sean Makijani of NBC, uh, NBCU. He talked about the fact that the data that they are seeing, that they can even use data from TV viewing to help them tell uh, to learn a little bit about a viewer that they may not uh, may not be signed in through Peacock, so they they can leverage that data there. And he, he, but he did give one warning, and I thought this was very interesting. Um, he said that there was quite a lot of limitations or there were some limitations of what you can do with targeting. He talked about, you know, a very specific example that if you want to reach a car buyer in Boise, Idaho, you know, there just may not be many of those right now. <laughs> advertisers, right. advertisers just seem very, um, they don't seem to get that. They seem to think that they can target as fine as they want, but that there are some very distinct limitations here that sometimes you just can't reach with the inventory that they have and, and is available right now. You just can't reach those people that you are hoping to reach. So I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. And that, you know, the, the flexibility and the, the usefulness of the data was something that Bill Condon from Zumo, Zumo also talked about. He talked about the fact that, you know, using using data targeting, they're actually able to do a pretty good job now of reaching of reaching specific demographic, specific groups and specific uh, specific viewers. So lots lots there going on with with the data side of things, but yeah, boy, pretty. There are some pretty li severe limitations that people are seeing. Well, it's uh, you know as Brian said, you know more data equals more opportunity, but 
actually capitalizing on that opportunity takes a fair amount of work right now, I think, as you were mentioning. And certainly one of the benefits of this data is the idea of attribution, being able to actually measure the outcome of specific CTV ad campaigns. That's certainly been a hallmark in digital advertising. Been not quite as clear and linear, but um, we heard on uh, our state of play and CTV uh, session that attribution itself is very much a work in progress. Uh, but one thing that came out on that session from uh, Trevor Buckmeyer at PhD and Adam Markey at Roku, and we heard this from others on other sessions as well, uh, is around the push for more e-commerce oriented and shoppable types of ads on CTV, a trend toward outcome-based advertisers into CTV. Uh, Adam noted, <coughs> excuse me, a number of new direct-to-consumer digital first advertisers that are coming into CTV and how um, that is uh, really helping drive attribution forward. And of course, that would be a key benefit of connected TV advertising to extend beyond linear, to go beyond brand building, but to actually be able to convert into specific uh, opportunities, whether that's you know buying something or adding an email address or you know clicking on something to get involved or voting. You know, there are all different types of ways that CTV is becoming more outcome-based. So uh, that was something else that came up. Um, Nicole Weitzel mentioned uh, from Publicis mentioned that attribution is still very much uh, a work in progress, as I mentioned before. So I think we, we heard that across a number of different sessions, but also a lot of excitement about that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny you should mention interactivity, Will, because it sort of came up, but it came up in a strange place in my panel. So I'd, I'd asked the, uh, the panelists about the ambient role of fast linear channels. And this I sort of was harking back to uh, a question that I'd actually uh, pitched to Tom Ryan, who at the time was head of Pluto TV. This is when it was individual and uh, when it was on its on its own. And, and t Tom, I'd asked him about this ambient role and he said he really embraced that idea of television, the television just being on in the background, that this was something he did see Pluto TV fulfilling. And, and for sure, Tejas Shah, he, he agreed with that and he was very comfortable with that whole idea. Sean pushed back a little bit. Sean Makijani pushed back a little bit on that. He he felt like his content was worthy of more attention. But the interestingly, Katina Papas Walter, who, she's head of ad sales and strategy at the Roku channel. She was the one that brought up interactivity in this in this particular regard. She said that you can use tools like interactivity to track how, how closely your viewer is paying attention. So, for example, you can pop up a, a little message saying, are you still watching? And you can also use interactivity to get people to come back and re-engage with the content, even though they're watching it in a, in a virtual linear format. I thought that was really, really interesting because this is a, a traditional role that we'd, we'd uh, thought of with traditional linear television um, when we were first in the early days of interactive TV. And I, I do know that really there seems to be a resurgence in interest in interactivity and in shoppable ads. And I really think it's a much better time for it, Will. It's just, uh, I think the pieces are now much more in place. 
I actually really, really like the role of the smartphone in this. Most of us have another device with us, connected device with us when we're watching. And we're beginning, I think, to start to see people really connect those two, those two things and allow us to do the shoppable stuff, um, sort of hand that off to the phone in a, in a fairly seamless manner. Um, I know, uh, YouTube has just introduced the co connectivity between the YouTube app on the phone and the YouTube when you're watching on the TV. So I think, I think, yeah, I think interactivity is a really interesting topic and it's one I think that we're probably going to end up returning to at both at the conference and on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think interactivity is, is uh, in its early days also on CTV and certainly the role of commerce. Um, you know, one other thing I just wanted to mention that, uh, and there were a number of different, obviously there's a lot of content that comes out of eight different sessions, but uh, one other theme was the fragmentation among content and services and how that's a challenge for both viewers and also for advertisers. There, um, you know, there are so many different places to for advertisers to place their CTV campaigns. And uh, we heard a number of panelists call out the positive role of both DSPs and SSPs to help achieve scale and reduce friction in the market. Um, and I thought that was worth mentioning as well, because, you know, certainly direct uh, direct IO type advertising is still a key part of the market. But um, programmatic is gaining fast. I think uh, Dave from AMC said that their pro share of programmatic is now like two thirds of their uh, ad sales. Um, and we heard some other panelists also talk about the role of programmatic. Uh, and also, um, of course, the, uh, you know, the DSPs and, and SSPs that are enabling all that. So, so that's an important part of CTV as well. And I, I just wanted to mention that too. Yeah. Did, th did they give sort of any indication on some of the, some of the sticking points with the CTV ad experience, uh, like, you know, ad duplication with a frequency and other problems like, um, ads appearing in in odd places during the video. Was there any discussion of that? Yeah, I mean, that's part of the fragmentation issue is that um, advertisers don't always have perfect visibility into where else their ads are gonna be running and whether there's gonna be adjacency to other uh, spots that they have running that they may have placed through other, um, through other uh, methods. So, um, so that's one of the issues of fragmentation. It's just, it creates a more complicated landscape. And when you, tie that together with the measurement and uh, the various data sets that have to be looked through in order to kind of create a holistic picture of how your campaign's performing. Um, that's what adds uh, complexity to what's happening in CTV. But a lot of that is being addressed uh, as a number of panelists noted. And um, you know, this goes back to what we we're talking about with innovation, that the pain points are well understood in the market and are being addressed. So, yeah, one of the things that I actually asked my panel was this trend, Will, where SVOD providers now are starting to really think about different monetization models. And, of course, this is something that I cover in a lot of detail in the, in the new white paper. One of the interesting things that Katina Papas-Walker said uh, from the Roku channel was I sort of asked the open question about uh, SVOD providers providing virtual linear channels now because of course curiosity stream has done that with curiosity now on lg channels and they're sort of saying that they're going to provide a lot more 
Hallmark has also done this with Hallmark Now um, on various uh, uh, virtual linear services, ver various fast linear services. And, and her comment I thought was really interesting. She said that uh, she thought there was a lot of merit to SVOD providers pr doing this, but also to them providing access to those channels outside of their firewall within their own app. And she sort of pointed to a couple of really big benefits there. One, of course, is building funnel. You know, people have a reason to load your app and they can they can watch those those channels without actually having to pay for you, uh, pay for the service. The other thing, another thing that she pointed to was, of course, the funnel benefits that it helped build your funnel, that people, it's a good, good opportunity for you to get them to upgrade to become uh, subscribers. But she also said something that I thought was really quite quite surprising, and she said that uh, it's also a place for people to go when they stop paying for you. So this I hadn't really thought about, and I think it's a very valuable benefit that if you have these free some free content in channels outside of the paywall, when somebody cancels your service, they've got a good reason to keep your app around and for you to keep and for them to keep coming into that app because there's still content available there for them. And maintaining that contact with the customer, I think is just really valuable and helps bring people back into the SVOD service even though they may not be paying. So it's an opportunity for to get them to come back and pay, pay for it. I thought that was a really interesting idea, a, a really good benefit. And oh, of course, there's also the, the additional benefit of it brings incremental revenue from the ad to ads that are running this content that's outside the paywall. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. And I, you know, I think that goes back to what I was mentioning at the beginning, the excitement about these kind of hybrid services, um, some that are ad supported and free and some that are paid subscriber only uh, and some that are a combination of the both. And, and I think we're seeing the market evolve in that way. You know, I'll just mention a couple of other quick miscellaneous points, Colin, um, you know, picking up on what you were talking about, the auto buyer before uh, a number of panelists talked about how CTV remains supply constrained. And so advertisers that are looking for scale um, can still uh, find that as a challenge in CTV. Um, and just the last point I'll make is that uh, there was a lot of discussion about smart TV platforms, and this ties back a little bit to Bruce's research, um, but there are now multiple smart TV platforms out there, each with their own data sets that are being produced. Um, that creates some real advantages for advertisers in terms of being able to target and understand their campaigns. Uh, but again, um, creates some challenges because these are siloed data sets and uh, it's hard to knit them all together. So, um, you know, lots more coming uh, early next week. I'll post all the session videos on video news. And um, I'm excited about what I learned just watching the sessions and pulling them all together. Uh, so it was a great opportunity to kind of dig in on CTV advertising. Any last thoughts from you? Yeah, yeah. So uh, just a, just a comment on the platforms thing. Uh, TV platforms are getting worse, Will. It's not getting better. We know we've just got uh, Comcast and Charter coming together in a JV to start selling TV platforms to manufacturers. And uh, Comcast, is there's already X-Class TVs, right? So we've already got got that and of course TiVo has just announced that their stream platform is going to they're going to be making that available to TV manufacturers and funnily enough I was out looking at this issue just this week and you go look at a provider like Hisense you can buy six different TV platforms 
from Hisense. Wow. They have six different platforms that you can pick from with their range of TVs, which is, <laughs> which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, one thing I did want to mention, and I really love this, this, this is, uh, I thought, kind of amusing. I, I sort of brought up the fact that the, the TV Guide was, was making a re-emergence as people begin to use the virtual linear channels a lot more. This was certainly something that Sean Makajani was, uh, uh, he was remarked on this as well, and it really showed the doability of the guide. And it really helped people to discover uh, channels. Bill, Bill Condon from Zumo also made that point and, and said that, you know, sometimes consumers just want to be fed content. They don't want to make any decisions. I think we can do a lot better with this. Uh, one of the things that I, one hole that I think we do have currently is that it's actually very difficult to discover virtual linear channels outside of this guide format. And uh, if you do searches, for example, inside of the unified searches on most of the TV platforms, they're really not searching through the virtual linear channels to direct you there. So I think that's a really big hole. And I'm kind of disappointed that we've gone back to the guide, Will. I mean, goodness, how old is this thing now? 40 years old, 50 years old? It's kind of crazy that we're still relying on something that's so slow. Well, the guide seems like a little bit of an anachronism in the given that you know Google and searching has been around for so long, the pinpoint searches that you were talking about before. Um, but the guide is still handy. You know, it's easy to knock the guide, but but the guide has real value. And I think with the advent of the fast channels, the linear, you know, fast linear channels you talk about, the guide sort of comes back into the fore. So yeah, yeah, that was something um, that, that Katina really commented on at the local channel as well. She said, yeah. You know, the guide's something familiar when people are migrating yeah. and the format of linear is familiar too. And so it's a sort of a comfort place for people to go as they migrate to online. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think we're probably just about out of time for this week. I think so, Colin. It was a great recap of the CTV Ad Summit. Again, uh, all the session videos will be uh, active live on Video News next week. Thanks again, as always, for your participation. And moderating a great session on uh, Fast and AVOD. Your session will be up there for uh, viewing on video news. No, no problem, Will. And, and I just want to say that I asked my panel what the optimal load for ads was. And I am going to put their responses up on my site in a blog post starting this weekend. So people should check out in screen media to find out what they thought was the optimal ad load. Sounds good, Kyle. Thanks, everyone, for listening in on this week's Inside the Stream. And we'll see you all again next week. Inside the Stream is a production of InScreen Media and Video News. All rights reserved.